Good morning, gentlemen. I'm glad. Uh, I'm I'm thrilled to have everybody here this morning. I know whenever we move from the uh, the first Thursday of the month to any other Thursday of the month, um, you know, there's the chance that the scheduling uh, didn't get to. It. So, if you raise your hand, if you did not get at least one text message and one email this week saying that we were going to meet here this Thursday. All right, so good. Everybody here did get a text message and did get an email. Um, we're going to make another pass here to get everybody on the roster. So if you got in late and you didn't get a name tag or you did not sign in, please do that, and I'll make certain that we've got accurate information and that your names are on the roster. Um, I put a, a $5 sort of bill on your the center of your table. Uh, it's okay. You can touch that. That's right. But whoever t- thank you for picking that up. Whoever picks it up. That's your table leader. No, I'm just kidding. That's your table leader. Didn't pick it up. Um, I originally created those to have as kind of as an invitational tool. Um, I, I made up a, a front and a back. In the front, I ended up, I put Jesus instead of the George Washington or Abraham Lincoln or whoever. And I, was, I went to go print that and it just didn't feel right. And so I only printed the back side of these. I know Bob's over there thinking heresy, heresy, burn him now. Thanks. Well, Tom says this is there's, this is not a fundraiser for the church, and so I was afraid to use a hundred dollar bill. Um, I do want you to. Uh, I, I'm, I'm interested in growing the uh, the number of people that we get to the breakfast in the morning. And so, what I would like for you to do is for one of you to say, "I'm willing to take this." And explain this $5 bill to somebody who's not here this morning. Explaining it to the person next to you does not count. And I'd just like to use it as one way. If you invite a person, they are a lot more likely to come with you than if you just have wishful thinking about people being here. So if you have a good time this morning, if you if you enjoy, if you take something away from this that you would like somebody else to have been here with, to be here for, I shouldn't spend too much time talking this morning, um, you know, Take take a five dollar bill. I can always print more of those. They're really not that hard to come by. Um, I really want to thank those who showed up uh, on last Thursday and helped with chairs, day of prayer, uh, the yard sale. There was so much going on last Thursday. There was a really good reason that we didn't try and have breakfast last Thursday. So um, I want to thank everybody who was a part of that. Um, so I have the privilege of introducing our speaker this morning. I think I can say, yeah, he is the youngest person in the room. Are you a millennial? Do you consider yourself a millennial? I'm on the, You're on the cusp? That's a four-letter word, cusp. Um, Wilson actually works here at the church. Who here has met Wilson before? All right, excellent. So you're in good company. They showed up here anyway. That's excellent. That's wonderful. Um, believe it or not, he was not targeting RUMC when he went to one of those schools in Alabama. But it's not the school called Alabama. It's the other school. What's the other school's name? Auburn. The only one that matters, right? They worded that the. Auburn is the University of Alabama. Oh, I've started something now. I can never get back under control. So when when he went to one of the schools of higher learning in the state next to us, uh, he was not planning to go into ministry. He was planning to become a director of communications in D.C. I thought director of communications in D.C. was D.C. squared or something. That's what my brain does this time of the day. 
And something happened along the way to cause him to be here at RUMC. And I know from secondhand experience, meaning my daughter Mary has told me, um, that we are glad to have him here. And so I am grateful to have him here this morning. And will you share a little bit of your journey? And hopefully you'll do a better job of putting thoughts together than I have this morning. I don't know. It's early. Thank you. Welcome, Wilson. Thank you. Morning, everybody. Thank you all for having me. Can everybody hear me? Good. All right, because I like to kind of walk around, and now I've lost. All right, I've got it. So, um, I uh, my name is Wilson Barber. I'm from Alabama. I'm from Montgomery, Alabama. I was born and raised there. Um, and today, I just want to share with you kind of my story, what brought me here, um, and I also want to share just a little bit about the awesome things that happen across the street. Um, we have a huge church, amazing. Um, but one of the negative effects of having such a big church is sometimes you don't know everything that's going on. Um, if it's not happening in your world, in your Sunday school class, or in your worship service, um, then you may not even know it's happening at all. So I want to let you know some of those things. I was born and raised in the church by a Christian mother who still to this day is at church every Sunday and ball every chance you can. Um, she dragged me screaming. Um, I was raised Baptist. Um, Lord help me. And uh, no, probably Methodist should probably be a little more Baptist sometimes. Um, but I was raised Baptist. I was baptized in the Baptist church at Asia 10. Um, I truly believe that was when the Holy Spirit came into my life. Um, the decision I made. Um, I don't remember a ton about it, but I do remember weird. You remember these emotions, feelings you get, and it's the same feelings I get when I feel the Holy Spirit still um, as an adult. Um, so it's a really cool thing to still remember that at 10 years old. Um, but I was raised up uh, in Montgomery, raised kind of in a community kind of like this, private school Montgomery with its own like, little sector almost of Montgomery. Um, affluent community kind of had everything I needed. Um, and really, I think that was the problem. Um, I was born and raised in the church. I knew everything about I was supposed to know. I went to Sunday school. I did what I was supposed to um, But I never had anything in my life happen because I had... I think my parents were kind of the beginning of what they, they call now the snowplow. Um, I, I don't think my parents were to the extreme as some today are that you see on television or whatever. But um, but I'd never had some problem in my life that I had to. De- I had no reason to lean on God. Um, but like I said, I was born in the church. What got me to the Methodist church was a taco from Taco Bell. That literally changed my life. I was sitting at school one day. Um, I was sitting at the lunch table sitting with all my buddies, and I happen to look up, um, and there's this guy over there, and he's an older guy. He kind of looks like my age. I'm like, what is he doing at a high school? And he's just got a giant bag of Taco Bell, and he just starts, hey, man, you want taco? I like this guy. He was the youth pastor at the local Methodist church. Um, Just so happened I had some buddies going to that church already, and so I asked mom and dad if I could go to church at the Methodist church. Mom was like, hallelujah, and almost had a stroke, so she was just happy I wanted to go to church somewhere. Um, and so I started going to church at the Methodist Church and got super involved, all because um, the love of a youth pastor and the love of a small group. Um, and those two people, I would n- have never been active church in my life, and I would not be here. Um, fast forward through the years, I get in high school, and I'm living this life. Um, Friday and Saturday nights, I'm going out drunk as a skull on Sundays, I'm coming back to church and I'm leading worship and these praise. Um, but I had this church home 
that kept that little spark of me alive. Then I went off to college, to Auburn, um, which is fantastic. Um, but just like any college town, getting a little bit of trouble. Um, and I didn't have that church home at Auburn. I didn't have that sense. Of, I didn't have that, what, what Jesus said, on, when transfigured on the mountain, he said, on this rock I will build my church. That word is ecclesia. It doesn't mean building. It means being life. I didn't have that in Auburn. So all I had was the party side of it. And so I think I have uh, Let's see. This will work. Yeah, so that's about all I cared about um, growing up. Um, that was me and my girlfriend at the Kentucky Derby. That was, I dated her because she had a lot of money, and that's what I cared about was money. Um, that was me on spring break. I don't even remember taking that thing. But that was, that was what I cared about. That was the life. I was trying to fill this size hole in my heart, um, but I didn't know it was only, so I was trying to fill everything I could find. Um, after several years at Auburn, like Eric said, I wanted to go, and, and, um, and I wanted to live in D.C. I wanted to do something special. I wanted to be a communications director, work on Capitol Hill, and be in the middle of everything. I even built my college graduation. Uh, went up to D.C. for lived up there for a week. Set up a bunch of with a bunch of Congress. Um, by the end of the week, you know, I'll never forget getting on the uh, the metro with my suit and tie. You know, just thinking I'm doesn't even have his college degree yet. Um, and at the end of the week, I call my parents and they, I say, yeah, well, I, I got a few offers. Um, the best one was um, a, a, a staff assistant. They offered me fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand a year in DC uh, is, is is like yeah, it's, it's like it, it, it's it's not a lot of money. It's like five thousand dollars here. Um, but um, they basically laughed and said, you know, we have spent the past six years um, putting you to school at Auburn. Most people with six years have multiple degrees. You have one, um, so you're you need to come back home. And so I came back home and tried the corporate thing for a little while. And that was the biggest blessing God could have ever done in my life. Stop that path. Um, what I what I realized my, myself, but I was because I didn't I didn't know what to do through a course of a partying lifestyle and the course of wisdom teeth and dislocated shoulders. Um, you know, I get up here and I get to say, "Hey, morning. My name is Wilson Barber, and I'm one of these pastors at Rothley." That is something I would never in my life. The only thing I thought I was able to be able to say in my life was hello, my name's Barbara. Um, I left Auburn with um, a extreme addiction to Oxycontin. Um, if you don't know what Oxycontin is, it's probably one of those powerful in the market. Um, besides um, also as well, that had no pen that I wanted it. Um, it got so bad after college for the first year um, that I wound up living in a halfway house for a little while. Um, started dabbling in heroin. And I just got into a place where... I didn't want to live anymore. I didn't think I had a purpose. And I, in my mind, I had gone to church all these, and I thought that I had been stuff that God would no church. So I didn't have a purpose. I didn't know what I could do. Thankfully, I had some loving people in my life. A lot of their money sent me to a lot of great places, and I spent kind of taking off life, getting myself healthy, clean now over almost nine years now, or eight years now, over eight years now. Um, but talking about the church, it just hurt me being raised in the church to feel that way. It wasn't anybody said, but it was just, I felt like I was so dirty. I was so wrong. I had done so much 
bad that I could never set foot back in and say, God would never love me. And I never understood what the gospel, the gospel was so radical. And I found this book not long after um, I got clean called The Ragamuffin Gospel. And I just want to read a couple of sentences off the bat about God's grace and about who Jesus was. It says, most of us believe in God's grace in theory, but somehow we can't seem to apply it to our daily lives. We continue to see him as a small-minded bookkeeper, tallying our failures and successes on a score. Yet God gives us his grace willingly, no matter what we've done. He comes to us as ragamuffin, dirty, bedraggled, and beat up. And when we sit at his feet, he smiles upon us, the chosen object of his Something just spoke to me that it didn't matter what I did. God loved me who I was, that I was his child, that my identity didn't rest in any of the stuff that I was so ashamed. It took before I could hear my because I was ashamed of all the things. But God was able to have my life. Um, the turning point in my life, I was, I was, you get that bad off on drug addiction. Um, you have to kind of, they put you on one drug to get, stop cold turkey, really hurt you. Um, you do that. I, I was on the process down of getting off all these drugs and I, I'd gone to worship service. The, the worship song just started and all of a sudden I just broke out into chill. I felt like I was going to vomit. I remember running out of the back of the worship service, driving home, shaking. I get home and, and I knew it felt like withdrawals. I've been through withdrawals a million times before. I was a drug addict and um, I just remember shaking. I'd never felt anything that and shaking in my bed telling my mom, Mom, I mean, I was telling my mom, I'm ready to die. Me and Jesus, I do not want to. I finally fell asleep that night and I woke up and I've yet to find a doctor who's been able to describe it. I've to find an addict or a specialist that I not really had a craving, not really had a withdrawal, and I have it was really a a supernatural I don't want to be chasing signs and wonders. I truly believe that we'll serve the same God that parted this um and I'm just forever grateful that I finally figured out that God loves no matter what and that's why I'm so passionate. I don't ever want a student to go through any of this I put myself in horrible not only hurt myself but I hurt my family. So I my passion in life is to help students walk from one chapter to the next is possible. For them to understand loves our mission statement at Roswell Students, I love is Roswell Students Ministry exists to lead to counter Jesus Christ. Spend your entire life in, and know everything about God and never have an encounter with But we try and create as many experiences over the encounter because it's those encounters. See, when I was growing up in the Methodist church, that's the reason I'm here. But when I was growing up then, this book right here, it didn't mean I didn't understand when I I flipped. It didn't make sense. It was boring. It was old. I don't remember a sermon my youth pastor taught. I don't remember any of that. But what I do remember is that my youth pastor cared about me. He loved me. I remember my small group leader was there when I needed somebody to talk to. Um, I remember the mission trips I went on and the experiences I had with my friends. And those are the things that we try and create because those are to transform the lives of students. And they're the future of this church um, and the future of Christ Church. Summer, we do a lot of amazing stuff. Last year, Kenya, a lot of you know about Divine Providence Training Center. Um, it's a partner with RUMC over there. They train pastors. Um, we, we did a medical clinic over there. We saw over a thousand Kenyans in one day. It was awesome. Um, Miss Beth Casey right there taking blood pressure. Um, this is a village in, or an area in Kenya outside Nairobi where they don't have medical. Put on a health. And the way they advertised it was they strapped a giant car with bungee and literally drove up and down these mountains. Hey, show up at Chimmy Jimmy tomorrow at 8, 6 in the 300. We were able to provide them pharmaceutical drugs that they don't have access to and things like that. Um, we were also able to help 
build what will become a new church from one of the pastors that graduated from your training. Um, and that's one of uh, our former students who interned this past uh, summer, Haley Schroeder. Um, and uh, she stayed over there when we came back um, and and helped do some stuff with Chimichimi. Us playing with the kids, we went on safari while we were there. That was one of the most... That That's not one lion tree. One three lion. Um, and for some reason, our guide decided to drive under um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's a mas- me with a Maasai warrior and sunset. It's an unbelievable trip. And to see what God's doing over there with the water field, um, that they're trying to get up and running, sustain camp, and all the pastors they're training over there is just amazing. We also do something called middle school camp or high school council. Middle school students, the camper. We do that every summer. It's a week-long camp we put on um, from last year. Been going to Honduras, partnering with Lunches for Learning, um, which some of you I know are are familiar with and also an organization called Missions in Action, um, partnering with a school called Los Tablas in Honduras. When the kids are, um, because of RU and Lunches for Learning and other organizations that help donate money, that ensures that those kids get it. They don't go to school, doesn't. So just uh, one of the students we took after playing soccer, um, we go and do VBS and crafts and all sorts of stuff. Put, we did a little small medical clinic in Honduras as well. Um, and then right here is the community kitchen in Las Tablas. Are you see how fun that is? So um, now the kids, the mothers can cook on site, whereas in their own home, haul all the down to. It's a huge mountainous area. It's very difficult. Um, and there's some of our work. To, well, that was hard. Um, we, we helped build a classroom so they could extend. They were sixth grade was the size of their ninth grade. So um, creating a higher level of education. That's the finished product of the classroom. Um, so yeah, just truly, yeah, it does look good. Um, we went to the black sand beaches of Amapola. It's pretty amazing. The sand is just as fine as the Gulf, but it's black because it's all volcanic. Um, and I, I'd never seen anything like that. Um, oh, Paul McClung's going to kill me. I told him I wouldn't put that pick anywhere with his shirt off. But they put our you. And then Alter Your Life is our biggest. Probably talked about that. Alter Your Life is things that has trained. Um, it may be a huge event, and we may be, get in a lot of people's way, and we apologize for that. This past Alter Your Life, we had just about 506 through 12th grading. About probably, uh, Christ, um, with countless others making recommit. But it's just a great weekend where we worship in the sanctuary together. We bring in a speaker. Look at all these kids worshiping. It's awesome. <clears throat> and that's Jason smacking me in the face. But yeah, so that's what All to Your Life looks like. The fellowship hall packed out. Um, and then that's our prayer chapel we do every student's prayed for by name. Um, no matter how many we have. Those are our college two years. And then we also did, uh, it's not Stop Hunt, Rising. That's one of our mission projects. Confirmation is another huge thing here. Um, I've never been a part of a church that confirms church. Um, I've been here three years. Two of them confirmed 70, about 70 kids. Um, one year we did two grades, swapped grades, and we didn't want to um, skip anybody. And we confirmed about 100. And that's a 13th process. They learn all about um, the traditions of the Methodist Church. They learn <laughs> about the Trinity. Basically, we it's the longest 13-inch 13, 13 journey we would take. We want to take the head part, the, the knowledge part of God, 
um, and the heart part of God and make that connection um, where they can a faith of their own. Um, so we, we divide them up into tribes, and they're led by some amazing adult mentors. And then high school, um, what we refer to as ex-con, ex-con. And then we have other programs all throughout the year. There's Dr. Tom Davis. Every time we pack out Chick-fil-A um, on Roswell uh, Target, not on 92. Mm-hmm. We have about 80 to 100 show up. Seven, eight. They pack out the line, and then we try and have a guest on the way out of there. That's a really great program <laughs> that we do otherwise. You know, sometimes it's intimidating to step inside a chair, um, like Chick-fil-A. So, yeah, just some of the stuff we do um, over there at the student ministry. But one of the main things I just wanted to say um, was it's an honor to serve here. It's an honor to speak into the lives of the street over there. We have a phenomenal. Y'all should be proud. If I can do the ministry, we'd always come help. Even if you just want to serve, we'd love to have you know. Um, but I'm just glad to be a part of a deal like this. Breakfast. God is Father, Son, Holy Self. Um, disciple. He was all about people. got a few minutes i was going to ask rusty to tell us a little bit about the yard sale and the day of prayer which were the the reasons we didn't meet last week you, you mind coming up and just taking a few moments and catching us up oh I, before rusty gets up here i'm gonna interrupt him come on up rusty i'm sorry um one of the really cool things that's happening right now that i meant to talk about the hundred largest united methodist churches in the nation all of their youth pastors are at a conference right now um, we are hosting the Leading Edge Youth Conference in the Dodd. It's the last day. Um, all the hundred largest from all over to be showing up. Another cool Sweet. Thing. Sweet. That was one. That's a good morning uh, for me. That's one of the kind of dreams we had when we started building, building and stuff like that. And um, in fact, let me tie into to Wilson's story just uh, just a bit on that too, which is um, I, na- I still spend a lot of time with youth, except They've gotten older, Wilson's age and older now, okay? But the thing that we take for granted, most of us have really uh, experienced community at RU and grew up in, so it's kind of a given. That is a missing element um, due to the way culture changed. I mean, community is really what his peers are fighting for. I got a group I meet with out of passion to church, some of the most dedicated kids I've ever seen. They're getting together on Sunday nights because they can't find, they find phenomenal worship, phenomenal music, and no one to sit down and kind of kick over anything less than being a perfect Christian about. So it's, you know, y'all, if you get a chance to get involved anywhere in that space, it's a real. Um, The other thing that ties right in that, the National Day of Prayer, I was asked to give the prayer for business at Roswell. It's a great experience at Courthouse. Uh, it's really great to live, you know, a in a country, in a town that you can actually get together and pray for every, you know. And uh, it was a lot of fun. A lot of people, about a hundred and people there. Our UMC helps. We provide the chairs and do all of that kind. It's very symbolic of, of when our UMC was the faith in uh, in this town, and that was kind of encouraging. To see that again. People that are interested in that and hearing that. One of the fun things for me as I got there. Um, Mrs. Kirk, who I didn't remember well, came running up to me and yelled and grabbed me, blah, 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 and talking to me. Do you remember Brittany Kirk? Yeah, but well, and her younger brother, Andrew, we had them coming through. Well, that day, we honored the fire department department, including the officer of the year uh, for Roswell Police Department, a detective who's Kirk. 
who came out of this church and out of this. So that was really us. The garage sale kind of sucked the air out of <laughs> out of everything that week. I had to run over there. Uh, a lot of people worked really, really hard. My wife, who kind of, it's her week to boss men around. Uh, so she was here seven to seven, nine days in a row, I know. But it made $36,300, which is pretty incredible for a garage sale, plus support some other ministries on the way out by the transfer of goods to them. And again, more importantly, were some of the stories that came out of the week. Some of them were the helpers, uh, you know, the helper, the helpers that were seeing encountering Jesus for the very first time. And then the same thing, uh, the same thing for where you things that you know things that happened when you were picking up and stuff. Tell you one quick story that was personal to me because many were friends of Mike Miller uh, that that was here. So I was sent to to pick up at uh, St. George's to pick up some stuff. And the lady tells me, she says, well, I have one thing that your wife said they might want in the mission booth. You'd have to paint over it. And I said, what is it? It's this rocking chair. It's a really nice rocking. Well, that rocking chair, when I got over there, had the Naval Academy emblem on it. And she said, you may have to paint over that. And I go, man, we wouldn't paint over that. Um, you know, was your husband, what class was he? told me what class he was. I said, well, that was Mike Miller. Yes, he and Mike Miller knew each other and friends. Well, little did she know, so she donated. Little did she know, I'd started working as an advisor to a company that's got five Naval Academy. One of those was a guy that, the, the CEO, that hit a really tough time, it's really tough, to Wilson's point, didn't want to go on living, okay? And he ran into Mike Miller, who brought him up to this church. And him encountering this church changed his life, found him a wife. And uh, and he was forever grateful. So he showed up at work and had that chair sitting in his office uh, a couple of So those are the things that happen at the garage sale when we get out, mix it up in the name of just God. Every man in this room has a story. And you know somebody who has a story, too. It, it may not seem significant to you. But if you ever take a moment and share your story, whatever's going on with you this week, with somebody else, I guarantee you it will open up that conversation. And you don't even have to say the name Jesus. Be who you are. It comes through that process. It doesn't require anything more than sharing your own story. You have a story. You were here this morning. If you don't know what your other story is, tell them why you were here this morning. You got up awfully early, and you came to hear about a youth pastor who's just thrilled to be here at this church. Hosting a conference this morning, I, I was told not a morning person normally. Um, he, he, he armed himself with Starbucks, right? So that that's a good thing. And I'm just really grateful that all I had to do was wake up this morning, and the food would be hot, and there would be men here who want to talk about what God's doing in their lives. And that is uh, not to be taken for granted. So I want to thank everybody for being here this morning. I want to thank Wilson for the ongoing journey that they're a part of over there. Once, As he said, you don't have to be trained to go over there. You just have to say, hey, I'd like to show up and see what's going on over in the Dodd. There's something going on every Sunday evening. Um, I understand SEL goes over there normally on Thursdays, right? So the Dodd really does get a lot of a lot of traffic. And so, um, you know, I feel uh, just powerfully led this morning that Wilson would come and share his story with us, that he's in front of these the youth in a way that they're comfortable talking to him about what's going on in their life. And any of us can be a part of that, and Wilson would be help, helpful, would be willing to help us plug in. 
I know there's several other people here who are already plugged in at the DOD. You'd raise your hand if you volunteered in the DOD in the last and you wouldn't mind explaining that to somebody else. All right. Anybody with their hand up would be happy to talk to you about the DOD. We have two speakers lined up coming in the next two months. Let me tell you who they are. Um, Justin, I think it's Collins is his last name. Cummings? I'm getting his name wrong. He has been a member of RUMC. Um, and last year he went through a call process. And he is now a local pastor. And so he will be here next month to talk to you a little bit about that journey. Where less than a year and a half ago, he was sitting where you are. And now he is uh, leading worship as a, as a local pastor uh, not far from here up in Dahlonega. Oh, Combs, thank yeah. you, thank you. Um, and Mark Kramer is going to come talk to us in July. Um, tell us a little bit more about Stephen's ministry. So I am looking for uh, speakers in August and, and through the fall. If you've got somebody in mind, you know, shoot me an email, reply to one of the numerous emails I try and send you, or just uh, reach out in some other way. Um, I'm grateful to be able to uh, provide uh, us a time to get together and somebody that we can uh, learn from and be uh, be led by. Um, any other announcements that need to be made? Would you mind closing us with prayer? Heavenly Father, we are just so grateful. We are in awe of who you are um, and how much you love us. Lord, we thank you for a church like our units. We thank you that your presence is here. We thank you for community like the men's breakfast where men can just get up and start their day right, have a good meal, and talk about you. Lord, let us remember that we all have a story. It may not be some crazy story where we wound up on the street somewhere. It may be that we just went to church all our life and have followed you our entire lives. But every story is important, Lord, and help remind us of that. Somebody needs to hear our story because they're going through something and it's going to speak to them. It all draws back to you, Lord. Let us serve you and follow you. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you.